this is Air Society, and you are listening to the Countercultural Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. This episode, we are going to be talking about a very cool topic, and I'm calling it the seven-year business cycle. Mm. Now, I don't actually know how I stumbled upon this, but it was through a series of different patterns and books and just watching other entrepreneurs and how they're running their business and what they're doing. Obviously, you never really know how anyone's running their business behind the scenes, but Mm. it's cool if you are maybe fear motivation like me and you're just into research or even if you're a first line profile like the investigator, you just want to know and get to the bottom of things. And I love studying and obviously I love studying business and hardcore, I'm calling it hardcore, like it's a drug, hardcore business, like LinkedIn space business, corporate, I should say, corporate business and seeing how we can learn do you want to say why why do you like that so much Mm. we've been talking a lot about that okay yeah that's good why why are you obsessed with like business and create like yeah i could give you my what i've told you as to why which you have said yes well now i I kind of want to hear yours no 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 (laughs) if i feel like your answer is lacking anything i will oh lacking (laughs) (laughs) or you know me i like to be dramatic slash romanticize everything okay Here's what I would say. I would say that I think one of the main reasons why I really love studying corporate business or like you could even say non-heart-driven business Mm. is because I think that us, and I'm putting myself in this group of conscious, spiritual, spiritually based creatives and entrepreneurs, we don't have enough structure. I think that we are so deeply connected to the heart and we want to do so much good in the world. But then when it comes to having the material means to do that good in the world, we tend to lack there. And we also tend to lack the knowledge to get there. I think that sometimes we're afraid. We're afraid of being in the material world. Mm. And I remember during a meditation a few months ago, I just heard spirit so clearly say to me, you need to make your physical world, your spiritual work Mm. because you are lacking here. Mm. You are lacking. Like you can talk about the cosmos for 1,100 hours, but I need you to know how to more than survive in the material world because actually what's happening in this new paradigm, this Aquarian age is that we are going to see the standards raised higher and higher and higher on food, on safety, on intimacy, relationships, in schools, every single aspect that we have known our society to be in, it's going to change. And that was really the inspiration for ERA. ERA represents, or the definition of ERA is the emerging renaissance age of human society. Mm. It's everything that's about to change and everything that is going to be the future. Mm. And we are the ones creating it right now. So those of us that are in era society, not just, you know, you follow the Instagram, I'm not talking about that. Era society is a consciousness. If you are following 
this consciousness of the emerging Renaissance age of human society, whether you're an educator, whether you are an entrepreneur, whether you're an artist, whether you are a parent, a partner, your life is going to change in the next 20 years because the collective life is going to change. And because I am an entrepreneur and that is the, the environment that I am in, I'm, I'm also a philosopher, you know, a musician, all these different things, I have to tend to the environments that I'm going to be in. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I want to contribute to that. And business is still going to be at its core an equal energetic exchange. To, you know, two consenting parties exchanging something. Mm. That's what business is. That's what bartering is. Two consenting parties are coming together over an equal energy exchange. I have this thing. I love it. Yeah. You have that thing. I want it. And we, we exchange. Yeah. And what I've noticed in myself, obviously first, and then in those around me is that we have these amazing ideas and these solutions and all these visions and things that we want to contribute to the world, but we don't know how. Mm. And as mm-hmm. a third line, I'm like, okay, well, I need to figure out how. Yeah. And then as a fifth line, it's like, oh, I need to share how yeah. I did that in hopes that that would inspire you to maybe figure out your own how yeah. or to skip steps with my own experience and then go straight for the bullseye yeah. of, of what I've already experienced and accomplished. So I... It's almost like I'm going to, it's not the dark side, but it's like going to the other side and then bringing back and saying, hey guys, you know, we need to talk about profit models. We need to talk about funding. We need to talk about things on this side. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and but that right there is the joke that I actually find through looking at the paradigm of business, like through your, through the lens of how I've always seen you, which is artists first has been so transformative because actually, uh, you know, I I find art, you know, whether that be like physical art or like music, you know, or cinema or like the, the, the normal mediums that we determine as art, right. Is actually more rigid than business Mm. in a way, like in terms of what it says you can and cannot do if you're bringing something that's never been done Mm -hmm. and you're obsessed with doing things that have never been done. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's just and, and anything that's innovative, like that's always what I've known you to be so passionate about. Mm-hmm. And so business, because capitalism is kind of the model that the world runs on, right, is if you can make something that someone else will buy, mm-hmm. right? And we found that there are all kinds of beautiful and crazy and wild things out there that people are selling. You can do and create whatever you want. And so I feel like as the world is changing, as you said, in the next 20 years, that business like would be in as business as an art form, right? Mm-hmm. Or business mm-hmm. as a yoga, like from last season, talking about life, like, you know, as a spiritual entrepreneur, you know, or entrepreneurship as a spiritual path, I think was the last episode we did, right? Yeah. Like connecting it to that. It's the like, season finale. Yeah, the season finale. Of yeah. season five. Yeah, season five. Yeah, it goes right into the first, yeah, medium that could welcome that type of like abstract, you know, like art is yeah. business because yeah. yeah, it's like if it can be commodified, yeah, then go ahead. Yeah, I think that that along with all the other industries are going to be changing, and obviously business will be one of the biggest ones mm-hmm. because we have so much money involved in that. And then I hope the medical industry mm. will will walk yeah. in tandem with that, just 
with what we know about wellness and well-being and alternative medicine yeah. and all, all the things, you know, healing yourself from the energetic root causes of things, which I've talked about on this podcast many times. Mm, mm-hmm. I think that those two things, business and medicine, will really be like the first industries highly impacted by the consciousness, the, the collective consciousness awakening. Yeah. And so I love going and learning about all these different things and then bringing them back to share them with my people Yeah. because we need to, you know, there's nothing more that I want than to have businesses be run by founders who are conscious yeah. and who, and who want to make money because, you know, that's the other thing too is like, yeah, we have these beautiful businesses, but are they profitable? Right. They need to be profitable. You need to be making money. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just okay that you have a great idea and you're being of service. We live on a material plane mm-hmm. and this is our spiritual work. Yeah. Is is refining and raising the standards of the material plane mm-hmm. into something that is heaven on earth, is a new earth now. Mm-hmm. So that's my little that's my spiel. As, yeah. As, how, to, as to why I'm even in interested. It, or and or how the seven year business cycle came to you. Yeah, so like, it was through a bunch of late night deep dives into books and articles on how businesses are run and also watching a lot of interviews. Mm. You, know, you you heard me watch a lot of those like uh, David Rubenstein, yeah. C-SPAN mm-hmm. art, uh, interviews yes. on, on YouTube where I'm just like hopping from founder to founder to founder yeah. and, and I'm just, I don't know what I'm listening for, but I'm just like, I know I need to be here and I'm listening for Listen something. For potential. I'm listening for potential. I'm listening for, <sighs> I'm listening for truth. Yeah. Even if it's not coming out of someone that maybe I, my mind right. deems as a truthful person. Yep. Because, you know, okay, let's, let's get spiritual for a second. It's like money isn't moralistic. Yes. We are. And so whenever we go and we, see these billionaires and millionaires and then we have these judgments that we have against them, we can't actually hear what they're carrying. We can't hear the truth that they're carrying in yeah. their vessel and then be able to listen, receive that, and then utilize it in a new way that's actually for the collective. Mm-hmm. We stand so tall on our soapboxes of like, eat the rich. And it's like, yeah, eat them, but like, listen to what they have to say first and then maybe yeah. you can eat them. Yeah. Because... There's something that's coming through them. For that, all of us. For all of us. Yes. They have just distorted it yeah. to only be used for them. Right. But that spirit, spirit is not saying, oh, I'm not going to, you know, give Jeff Bezos, like, the ideas. Yeah, spirit yeah, is not yeah, saying, yeah. Like, God is not moral. God's no. not a moral God. It's yeah. like, okay, you, you're available for it. Here it is. I'm, I'm ready to give it to you. Yeah. So I think we... We have some ways to go in the spiritual space when we start talking about um, the material world is like instead of villainizing it and demonizing it and saying like da 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 whatever we want to say about it, we really need to embrace money. We need to embrace divine currency. Yeah. We need to listen to it. Mm-hmm. We need to understand how it works instead of complaining and waiting for these billionaires to somehow be more philanthropic it's like stop waiting for those people yeah like listen to what they have to say Mm -hmm. take what it is that is resonant with you and then go and apply it in your new paradigm perspective way yeah 
because I wrote an article about how, I forget the exact title, but it was about how, oh, I remember the the title. It's Entrepreneurs Are the New Humanitarians, but Philanthropy is Not Going to Save Us. And I will link that below because if I if I say so myself, that was a fire. Yeah, <laughs> article. it is. It's still yeah. <laughs> it mean. touched on so many points that you know I, I could talk for days about like the whole philanthropic mindset and how it's like charity this and nonprofit that. It's yeah. like whoa, 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 whoa. Like yeah. let's try and make a profitable business that is philanthropic from the beginning. Yeah. So we don't have to try to do a reactionary prescription yeah. to go and then start a nonprofit. It's yeah. like, no, make your business yeah. profitable for the people first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, make mm-hmm. it profitable for the people. Mm-hmm. And then we can talk about these extras yeah. of yeah, yeah. a nonprofit. Well, because when you do that, there always will be that excess. Always. Not like we're taking from, you know, my energy and time to make sure I know exactly what's going on with my team. You know what I mean? And 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 what they're feeling, mm-hmm. right? Like as a form of humanitarianism, mm-hmm. you know, it's oh, okay. Yeah, we we also have our we also have our charity mm-hmm. that we're giving money to. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're all good. Yeah. What I found was that each company and brand was moving in in a very interesting way. They were doing certain things in certain years. Yeah. And in certain seasons, I broke it down into seasons, but I noticed that they were moving through seven year cycles. And if you know human design and you know the deconditioning route, you know that Ra has always talked about how it takes seven years to decondition, seven years for a child's first core memories. And then we go from uh, seven to 14, 14 to 21, and we're just moving in these seven year cycles. And even isn't isn't it like... In biology, like we're completely mm-hmm. brand new person cell, every seven years. Right? Yeah, yeah, cell, cell turnover. Wise, yeah, right. Yep. Okay. So this seven is a big so number. So the cadence, yeah, obviously mm-hmm. is already within. It's already nature. within there. And I was reading this book where it was talking about all these different businesses and all the different ways that they've gone on to become innovators in their industries mm. and how Dyson, the vacuum cleaner company, spent 15 years in R&D before becoming the best-selling vacuum in the UK. 15 years is two seven-year cycles. So instead of them choosing to go profit first over high-quality product, they invested for two seven-year cycles on R&D or in R&D research and development. And so just reading their story, I was like, ah, that's the first season. Mm. So the more that I did uh, my research, yeah. I started to see, okay, each business is moving in a different way in different season. Why? Mm. Mm-hmm. Why? Like I wanted to know what right. is behind this pattern that some businesses are scaling in this, in the, you know, fifth and sixth year. They're not scaling in the, in the, in the first and second year. They're doing something different. Right. So I wondered how can that or how can we as entrepreneurs reflect that seven-year cycle to mitigate one of the main things that we're always talking about, which is founder well-being and founder burnout? How can we mitigate that? How can we increase our profits in a very sustainable way? Because everyone keeps talking about sustainability, but do we actually know what that means? Mm -hmm. Instead of just saying, oh, I want this thing to be sustainable. How do you make something sustainable? Mm. 
Sustainability means that it's not taking more than it's required to make the thing right. and that it's also regenerative. Mm. So it's self-sufficient it's self-sufficient. and it also is adding to the whole. Exactly. Yeah. And so if you're wanting to build a business like that, it's going to take a lot of steps. It's yeah. not just, oh, I have a great idea of going to market yeah, today. No, no, you're right. You're uh-uh. right. You're right. Because I'm even, literally as you were talking, I was even thinking about all of these companies that maybe are in year one or year two and they take, because of the idea, like hundreds of millions of dollars like mm-hmm. in, 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 in investments and they just bottom out. Mm-hmm. They're just throwing cash here, throwing cash there because there's no... Yeah, there was no, like like you said in season one, I think in your article, you said like it's like throwing spaghetti on the wall and see what sticks, mm-hmm. you know. There's, well, they're in that process and it doesn't matter how much money you have, it, you're, you're not going to be able to sustain it. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how much money you have if you have no foundation. And so every business needs a season where they focus on their foundation. Mm-hmm. And that leads me into the first season. Mm. So the first season in this seven-year cycle, and if you haven't already caught it, it's seven years. (laughs) So depending on how many years you've been in your business, I don't want you to measure it based off of the years just yet. Mm. I want you to listen through and then assess and orient yourself to, ah, even though my business is three years old, I'm still in R&D. And so be honest with where you're at. Mm-hmm. So season one is all about research and development. And this is typically, I use the word typically, mm-hmm. because if you're starting with the knowledge of a seven-year business model, then you will start with years one and two in business and research and, and development. And season one is literally about you. Mm. It's not about customers it's not about anyone else it's about you as a founder Mm. finding your footing as a founder finding your footing as a founder understanding your gifts understanding your talents understanding your abilities and if you're listening to this obviously you know human design so you're like way ahead of the game season one is all about you learning your human design and practicing with your experiment, your strategy and authority, Mm. making decisions with your strategy and authority. Mm -hmm. That's how you get that firm footing as a founder, as an entrepreneur. That's that's really how you're just (laughs) like, you can go into any room and say, "Uh uh-uh, or "Uh uh-huh, or "Mm, that's not for me, or projector waiting for the invitation, or understanding what you're here to guide, so on and so forth. And I think these are the years that get trampled on the most. By far. Because everyone just wants to quickly go to market and make money. They see someone going viral, and they're like, oh, I want to do that. It's like, I know you want to do that. I want to do that, too. I mean, that's, (laughs) that's why, through our own experiment, when we were in season one and two, and I know we'll get to it, but it's like uh, that. one of the main obstacles, you know, is forcing it to make money for you, mm-hmm. right? It's like you and I just were like, yeah, we're not doing any other thing than, than this, yeah. you know, and we were, we were starving. Yeah, because the world around you says that if you don't have a successful business, then you're not a true entrepreneur. And I say that's bullshit. Yeah. I say that entrepreneurship is a, mm-hmm. it's a spectrum, And it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And the smart entrepreneurs are the ones that are creating generational legacy, Mm. generational wealth. They're not, they're not enticed by the low hanging fruit of just 10K months. Cash grab. They don't want the cash grabs. 
They want sustained revenue, revenue maintainability. They want their projects, their companies to continue to make money even when they're not here. They want their businesses to leave a deep impact. Think of a company like Patagonia. It's like, what? You're a billion dollar company. Mm -hmm. And all of the different initiatives that they've done with their business over what 30 plus years yeah almost 50 years almost 50 years and they're just through trial and error Mm -hmm. no one has ever done that before so they've made huge mistakes but they've also made huge strides to be the role models that they are today Mm -hmm. and i'm not saying that everyone's going to be a patagonia but i'm just saying that we can learn you know something that we know about human design is that that sixth line is the role model we can always learn from the exemplars and the role models around us mm-hmm. and, and see, oh, what are they doing? And then and then use that as an introduction to what we can do on on the scale and, yep. and at the at the pace that we can as a solopreneur or an entrepreneur with a small team. It's possible. I don't yes. think that everyone needs to make the same mistakes. No. I think that we can learn from the people around us. That's typical third line stuff. You don't have to, you know, fall. So in season one, the focus is really learning about you, learning about what you like, Mm -hmm. learning about what you want to offer, and then just trying things. Like if you're a tarot reader, you know, trying who you want to work with. Do you want to work with parents? Do you want to work with entrepreneurs? Do you want to work with artists? Do you want to work with, I don't know, but you're trying a bunch of these different things to see what you like Mm -hmm. instead of sacrificing and compromising for the highest bidder. Yeah. You know, it's about you, learning about you. But some of the main obstacles here is that you don't know what your gifts are. And so you're just running in circles, trying to be like everyone else, seeing that, oh, that person got a thousand comments. Okay, that's what I should do in my social media too. Don't worry about social media right now. Don't worry about those things. Worry about getting to know you and understanding your personal baseline. That will allow you to make quantum leaps later on mm. that other people won't be able to even understand how you did that yeah. it's because you're tending to your small garden with care. And so in this season, you're probably thinking, well, how am I supposed to make money? Well, you either have a bridge job, a bridge offer or a bridge business. And we're going to have an episode or it might already be out at this point yeah. uh, about bridge businesses and what the purpose and the role of that is and how you can create one and all those different things. Like I said, money is one of the easiest forms of success. So don't worry so much about making money here yeah. because you're thinking about the long-term gain, not just the short-term gain. So here the obstacles are, like I said, not knowing what your gifts are, not knowing what kind of data to collect, burnout, trying too many things at once and then forcing your business to support you financially before it has matured, which was our biggest mistake that <laughs> I would never make again. Wish upon anyone either. I would never wish upon anyone to experience what we experienced with two kids. I will absolutely continue to advocate for not leaving your job or shifting to a job that reflects more of the direction you want to go into, creating a bridge offer or starting a bridge business while you're figuring out what you want your purpose-driven business to really reflect and what that mission is because yeah. that needs time to tend to. And yeah, we've been tending to it now for years, but holy cow, I would 
I would I would do it a lot differently. Yeah. If I knew what I know now then, I would absolutely follow the seven year cycle and I would just take that as a deep relief. Like okay. yeah, there's no pressure. There's no pressure. Yeah. There's no rush. To connect with Air Society's exclusive content on slow business, self-awareness, and spirituality, subscribe to our newsletter. And to become a more nourished entrepreneur, building a business that is both prosperous and purposeful, join us inside of Air Society's Tea House. Let's go into season two. Okay. So season two is about a signature offer or a signature roadmap. This is another thing that I wish I knew. When you leave season one of research and development and trying a bunch of things and seeing which things work and which things don't, you're going to get to a point where, oh, okay, something's working here. Like, yeah. I'm liking this. Other people are liking receiving this from me. I like the flow of this. And this is when you can start to see momentum and the model or the structure of your business start to take shape. Yeah. Isn't typically typically years three and four. And this is when I would invite entrepreneurs to design a signature offer or a signature product, something that you want to be known for. What do you want to be known for? Like what's the experience? What's the product? What's the offer you want to be known for? And the best way to create this is to have all the data, accumulate all the data from season one, all the things that you tried, all the money that you made, all the offers that you offered, all the marketing that you did, blah, 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 lay everything out and then start to inquire. Yeah. Start to like take, take note and decode that data. And once you decode that data, it will lead you into, ah, the shining signature offer, or I call it also a signature roadmap for people like me who are like, oh my God, I can't just offer one thing. So a roadmap makes so much more sense where let's say you have three offers and they're all touching each other or talking to each other in a very cohesive and harmonious way. For example, you have a free offer and then you have a lower price tiered offer and then you have a higher price tier offer. That's a, that's a signature roadmap that all of the people that come to you may go through all three, they may go through two, they may go through one but at least there's different touch points. So the roadmap is really for entrepreneurs that like having multiple touch points or like to create multiple arenas for people to connect with them. Whereas a signature offer is for an entrepreneur that's just like, I love what I do and I really only want to do this one thing and support people in this one way. But either direction, the essence is still the same. You have your clarified message and possibly even the mission and you're ready to take a stand you're ready mm. to take up space you're ready to move yeah. with more purpose and yeah. more direction and more yang and more oomph yeah. this is when we start focusing on is our offer profitable right whereas in season one we're asking is it viable yeah viability is more like is it gonna survive on this earth yeah. like this little baby seedling whereas in season two it's like okay, what are my expenses versus my income? And then seeing what the profit is in the middle. Mm -hmm. And it's a really exciting season. This is is one of my favorite seasons to work with entrepreneurs because it's like, wow, we get to ideate on marketing channels. We get to ideate on the actual business model, the profit model. We get to ideate on prices. Mm -hmm. It's, It's a really fun place because you're just more confident. 
But some of the obstacles here, like we said, is how do you decode the data to create a cohesive offer Mm -hmm. and process? How do you uncover your brand voice? How do you simplify your business model? How do you actually design an offer that's profitable? So those are some things to think about. Yeah, I think also you said like getting the word out and being seen. So like deciding like which mediums like really resonate mm-hmm. with me and like how do I, you know, want mm-hmm. to bring, like you said, that brand yeah. voice to to yeah, to everyone to the yeah. marketplace. Not just starting a podcast because everyone's starting right, a podcast. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's really being yeah intentional. Intentional. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So cause I think uh you mentioned in the from the previous episode when we were talking about burnout, like one of the main reasons that you cho- said like burnout can happen is through service, the time, or the medium. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was mm-hmm. really an yeah. important point. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I knew I started <laughs> from literally weeks ago when we did episode, you know, one mm-hmm. about burnout. And mm-hmm. I didn't know where it was like come in, but I just remember. Yeah, I mean, there's so many different places that we should be looking in our business when things are not going the way that we want them to go. Mm. There's so many places we can poke and prod and see what's lurking beneath so that we can experience what we want to experience. Yeah. Season three is scaling, mm-hmm. you know, the, the season of scaling. And I, I said that with contempt, but I, I just think it's funny because everyone's always talking about scaling, 10x your yeah. business. And it's like, okay, let's have this conversation right now. Not every business wants to scale. Yeah. Not every business wants to grow to some high heights and that's okay. But if you are an entrepreneur that wants to scale, then what are the deeper conversations and considerations that we need to be talking about? So in season three, which is typically years five and six, and I just want to remind you that the years can can differ. You can spend four years in the signature season two. Yeah. You can spend three years right. in R&D. You know, yeah. or like Dyson did. They spent 15 years in R&D. So don't, don't get stuck on, oh, I've been in business for six years. I need to be in the scaling season. Uh-uh. It's not about that. Yeah. It's about listening to the essence of each season and orienting yourself and what you, the mission of your business is. If you're a solopreneur that has no desire to ever scale, it's like, then don't, don't worry about season three. Use this season yeah. as really doubling down. That's essentially what season right. three is about. It's about doubling down, doubling um, that down. Signature offer mm-hmm. or signature roadmap from season two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. Yeah. Um, because in season three, it's you caught a stride. Like you have momentum here. You have customers and clients that trust you. Yeah. And now you start to notice maybe the beginnings of biodiversity forming in your business. And when mm. I say biodiversity, I mean there's a lot of invitations here for making complimentary offers or complimentary experiences or collaborating with other brands or cross-pollinating with other businesses and creating communities that really stand and advocate for that shared mission or that shared goal. And you, you don't have to do this, like I said, but in this season, if you are looking to sustainably scale and or sustainably grow, because there is a difference you're looking at systems. You're also looking at what's breaking. You're looking at how you can come up with innovative and efficient solutions on how to address them that doesn't always require human 
a human resource, mm. like human energy, because we live in a tech age and a lot of things can be systemized and automated, but we don't want to lose the human touch because that's mm. one of the main obstacles yeah. here is how do we remain profitable and in high integrity with our quality or our product? So a lot of times what I've seen and what I've read is that companies will grow and they will start to cut corners, whether that comes to the human customer service intimacy touch mm. or whether that comes to the quality of the product right. or the service. So they'll keep the price the same or sometimes they'll even increase the price yeah. while the standard of the business or the brand decreases. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Just don't do it. <laughs> you don't want to be that no. example. No, it's true. It's true because actually that goes back to like what to me the main question that you proposed in the seven-year cycle of business article was, is it possible to build a financially successful business while staying true to ethics, values, and well-being? Absolutely. At every stage. At every stage. Absolutely. There is not one part of me that backs down from that thesis. Yeah. I think that is 100% possible, but I also think that it requires a deep mm. tending, a deep care, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you need time. Like, don't let anybody rush you. Yeah. Let people pass you by because they don't know what you're building. Yeah. Only you know that. Yeah. And if you're committing to this type of business, this is, I always say it's a slow burn, but slow doesn't have to be Oh, I'm so painstakingly. Yeah. It can be slow as smooth and smooth as fast. fast. Ooh. And you know, slow eventually becomes super fast. While everyone while you think everyone's like passing you by, <laughs> one year you just are just like yeah. making millions of dollars and everyone's like, How the hell did you do that? It's like, oh, you didn't see all the yeah. years that I was just like oh, no, exactly. you know, doing it small, 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 small. Yep. Raising, raising, raising. And then you have this like explosion. Yeah. And everyone's just looking at you like, what happened? Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. Like I focused on myself. Then I focused on my business. Mm. And those two things together created this third entity or this third relationship where now I have this exemplar of a business that I can be a, a, a luminary yeah. in, which is really cool. And I think that that's where we should all strive to be even if it's not in the numbers it doesn't have to be in the metrics of you're a millionaire or you did six figures i don't think i don't think that that's what makes a luminary or an exemplar no. it doesn't matter what the metrics are it's really about the energy behind it yeah the intention behind it how authentic the expression is mm -hmm. like we talk about last episode the not self-expression mm -hmm. it's like what is the authentic expression and that is what will Perverberate. Mm -hmm. So some of the main obstacles here continue that. The continued main obstacles are knowing what to look for when hiring, mm. understanding how to renew the bond with your audience and their needs, and possibly getting funding and investing ready, yeah. you know, depending on how, how big you want to go and what you need a cash injection for. Obviously, creating a bridge offer in this season would be great to get a cash injection because that's the purpose of bridge offers mm -hmm. and bridge businesses is really about the cash injection. But if we're talking about, let's say you have a product, you have a skincare product and you need 
you know, a huge cash injection to work with a different laboratory or to get new packaging or whatever the thing may be, is how can you do that in a way that protects the equity of your business instead of selling away shares to maybe non-aligning investors? Mm. What are some other funding avenues that you can take, whether that be crowdfunding from your audience like Christy Don did when they wanted to expand into the regenerative farm to closet model, you know, they reached out Mm -hmm. to their audience and asked them if they want to be part of the movement or taking what we're calling equity protection funding on the funding side, Mm -hmm. whether that's private funding, private investment, whether that's, I mean, there's so many ways to get money. (laughs) There's so many ways to get money. You don't have to sell out in any way that's not aligned to you to do so. So those are the kind of obstacles that you'd be walking through in season three. Mm. And then finally in season four, which is so funny to start to see this appear in my reality, my Ah. lived reality, because I hadn't known a lot of founders or Mm. entrepreneurs in season four, which typically happens around the seven year mark in business. And this season is about stepping back. Now, I have actually seen entrepreneurs and founders stepping back in year seven because of burnout. Yeah. Not because they're ready to pivot or they want a new change of pace or it's almost like they're being forced to step yeah, back. Yeah, and that's not what I want for anyone. I want year seven to be like a celebratory moment. Yeah. A moment where you get the cake out, you're blowing out the candles and you're making new intentions for a new seven-year cycle. Yeah. So it's just been really interesting to see that dynamic play out that the seven years comes and people are like, oh my God, I'm so tired and I don't think I could take another day of this. Mm. Uh, seven years in season four, the seven years you've you've ultimately built a machine, which yeah. is a huge accomplishment. It like, is. It's like, whoa, holy cow, this, yeah. is, this is pretty cool. But if you haven't been focusing on your health or your well-being or your spiritual expansion throughout these years, you will be in deep burnout. Yeah. And you're not going to be available for the high-level decisions that are coming in this year, which is do we triple down and Mm. go back to year one and maybe have some of that uh, scrappy energy in our current business? Or do we begin serial entrepreneurship? Mm. Do we begin the serial entrepreneurship journey, which is to create a new brand, Mm. to create a new business? Mm -hmm. If you don't have the energy for that... Or if you haven't been taking care of yourself, you're not going to have the energy to make a decision that really reflects how much you've been through, you know, how many seasons you've walked through. Yeah. This season is really about understanding that, yeah, we might want to expand, but we also might want to rest. Like, what are our goals now? So if you have a team, this is including the team in the, in the next seven-year cycle, in mm. the next step or the evolutionary vision of the business and the brand. And so some of the main obstacles that are happening here is like not having a strong and harmonious team dynamic, Mm. especially in your leadership team, because that's something that you would have touched on in season three, like hiring a strong leadership team to really hold the business together, Mm -hmm. feeling disconnected from your core why from season one. I mean, this is seven years later, you know, like you're a new person. Have you allowed that to show in your business? Right. Or does everyone still expect it, you to be the same person as uh, as season one, yeah. year one? So there's a lot of things to think about during the seven-year 
business cycle. But I think the most exciting thing for me is to know that I'm not in any rush and I can stay in any season that I want to for however long I deem is healthy for the business. No one's going to make that decision for me and no one's going to rush me. And if I'm not healthy in any season, I'm the one that needs to make the necessary adjustments and the necessary changes. Yeah, no, absolutely. Ooh, so many things. I'm on LinkedIn all the time. So mm. after just listening to this and being present for you, like in the moment, I'm just thinking about all of the founders and businesses that I see and work with, even at Ricecap, like on a daily basis. And just thinking, like, oh, is it forced? Are we? Are they follow? Are we following some paradigm version of like where we? think we should be and then acting in that like mm-hmm. as not self and, and then and then and then that extrapolating as a as our business mm-hmm. you know and thinking that that's the business yeah thinking that that's the mode I I especially feel saddened when I see great ideas be pummeled Ugh, yeah. by society's pacing yes instead of you understanding what is my pacing as you know, your human design type, what is my pacing as my human design authority? And then if I want to follow this, the safety of the seven-year business cycle and model, where am I actually at in that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the things you said that I think is just like the best metaphor for it is is entrepreneurship is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Mm -hmm. And then even like when you said season three, you found your stride, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know, is like really where you're striding, right? It's like probably if you're... Oh, I actually have ran a marathon, yeah. but it was, I didn't, it was my first one. So I wouldn't say I ever found my stride. It was just like, can I survive? But I'm sure for people who run a lot of marathons, it's like that seven mile, like 15 to like mm. 24, you know, mm. before the end, like you said, we're just like, yeah, I'm just striding. And yes, well, I have just ran, you know, 17 miles, but it's not, I'm not, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, where is your stride as an entrepreneur? Right. Exactly. exactly. Where is it? Yeah. What is your pace? What is you? What is your pace? Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's always like, "Oh, a four-minute mile," or or wh- right. whatever the yeah, yeah, yeah. like the <laughs> the Olympic standard <laughs> is <laughs> the Olympic standard exactly. But come on now, I am very happy to walk a mile. Yeah, I, I have no desire for a four-minute mile because I I know my own personal goals is that I want to build generational stability. That's something I've always wanted. That's always been a personal goal of mine. So I don't ever want to grow too fast, grow too slow. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always that middle path. And so you have to ask yourself that as an entrepreneur. It's like, what is my personal goal in entrepreneurship? Is it to create? Do I just want to express? Okay. Do I want to do that in the realm of entrepreneurship and business or can I do that in another realm? Do I want to be an entrepreneur? Do I want to come up with innovative solutions to collective or individual problems. Uh, How long do do I even see myself doing that? Do I want to work with others? Do I want to be a solopreneur for the rest of my career? It's not always, oh, you hire, or because you hire, that's another metric of wealth. Right, yes. It's not that. How many people we have on our team. Exactly. It's like you could have, you know, 20 people on your team and not be profitable. Yeah. And so then you're walking around being like, oh, we have a 20-person team, mm-hmm. but you are not making profit. Mm-hmm. 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 It's, it's really bizarre, and I think it's something that we have to check in with 
at every single quarter. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. talking about this in, in years, but yeah. really down to the minutia, it's all about the quarters, Q1 to Q4 yeah. and allowing the mission yes. to change, allowing yeah. the direction to change, yeah. even if it doesn't fit with the initial meeting that we had January 1. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you keep saying like, you know, like I love that you said like, what are my goals? What is my stride? What is my pace? Like where, like within our realm of like Tea House and, and what we do at ERA, like what's something that people, you know, can do to, to help figure that out? Mm. I mean, I know I'm always mentioned this, but it's like really about honesty, mm-hmm. turning off everything else and asking yourself like, what are my goals? Mm. Like, who am I? Right. Who am I? Obviously, I'm always going to recommend understanding your human design and like living from the basics of that, your strategy and authority and even your profile. Obviously, we'll we'll have all the resources linked. We have a whole workshop on the seven-year cycle inside of the tea house. Mm-hmm. We have workshops on the centers, on how to create an offer. We also have the agency now, which is our holistic business development agency where we actually sit down with entrepreneurs and mm-hmm. help orient them what season they're in based on their mission and their goals so that they can start to feel a sense of sustainability, like yeah. actual inner sustainability, not rushing or trying to find or trying to catch or trying to be in competition with. Like mm-hmm. when you have a business that's reflective of your design, there is no competition no, exactly. at all. Yeah. Because there's no one else with your design. There's no one else living out your design yeah. in your environment, in your way, in your determination, in your centers, in your authority. So their business can never look like yours. Yeah. I think competition is such a falsified, weaponized stream of consciousness mm-hmm. that like doesn't need to exist at all. So there's so many ways. I think there's so many resources out there and I'm happy to keep creating them whenever I'm in response. But the the first and foremost thing is like getting silent, yeah. turning everything off and maybe even grieving for a minute and being like, oh man, yeah, I've been following this way of doing things because that's maybe what everyone else said that I should do. And now I'm being presented with this new way of doing it where no one is forcing me to do anything. It's all going to be from a self-sovereign yeah. choice. Yeah. And I have to take responsibility for that. Am I ready to do that? Yeah. And if you're listening to this episode, I think that you are ready. I think that... Yeah, you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be here. Or at least some part of you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and that's even if... There's been times where I get in places like this and I can only listen to 10 minutes of something. Absolutely. It takes me two weeks, a month, two months to come back and then listen. Ah, okay, now I'm in a place where I can hear that next part, Mm -hmm. you know, so... Yeah, and that's okay. It doesn't yeah, matter exactly. how long it takes. Time is on our side. Oh, yes. Time is on our side. When we choose to do business this way, mm. time is an ally. Yeah. It allows us to make the material world or the physical world our spiritual yeah. work. It's it's a I mean it's it's a long life. <laughs> yeah. And especially if you choose to do business in this way, you have a whole community behind you. You have other entrepreneurs that are doing the same thing yeah. and that are choosing to scale. And some are not. Some are choosing to use a seven-year business cycle in their bridge business. Mm. 
it, it there's so many ways to make it your own. Yeah. It's not a tight no. fit. It's bespoke. It's absolutely bespoke. It's absolutely unique. It's differentiated. Yeah. It's differentiated. And I think that's truly one of my desires is to see business truly differentiated, like mm-hmm. actually different. The voice is different. The aesthetic is different. And yeah. it doesn't all just look the same. It's not just all the same. It's not just all trying to keep up with, you know, whoever is is the top dog at the same time mm. mm-hmm. or at that time, I should say. Yeah. So that is my little mm-hmm. philosophy. Yeah. The seven-year business cycle. And that's what I'm going to be following from now until the end or until some new thing drops into my yeah. lap. Yeah. So I hope that this episode has been helpful. We do have a quiz that you can take if you're completely unsure of what season you're in. And we'll have that in the show notes so that you can really orient yourself and start to maybe make the necessary adjustments in your business and with yourself so you can start to feel a little bit more joyous Mm. and blissed out Mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. being an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. is such a fun, it's just such a fun game to play. And it shouldn't be filled with your stress and with your grief. And, you know, we've been saying this for a while, but it is, it's a spiritual path. Entrepreneurship is a spiritual path. And if you're like us and you're, you want to merge your spiritual expansion with your material creation, I think this type of entrepreneurship, conscious entrepreneurship, holistic business Mm. is the way that I found and I've, and I'm enjoying doing it. six-tw.studio for all your creative sound needs.